0: Welcome back to Capital Idea. This is Mike Williams with the Defenders of Capitalism Project, and I'm joined in studio again with my co-host and co-conspirator, Mitch Whitus. Say hello, Mitch. Hey, thanks for having me again, Mike. You bet. Thanks for being here. I wanted to talk about—I mean, the title of this this topic, this uh, episode is— I'm naming it "Marxist in Our Colorado Classrooms," and it basically has to do with this whole idea of the state chapter of the National uh, Teachers Union, the Colorado Education Association, coming out. I think this is really good news, by the way. I, I think this is fantastic news that the the CEA, the the union of teachers in Colorado, are coming out saying they are explicitly against capitalism and condemning capitalism. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, now, I think. You know, is my title fair to the teachers? Uh, certainly not all teachers. I can't believe that all the teachers in Colorado would consider themselves Marxists.
1: And I think some did walk out during the resolution. Yeah, in fact, something.
0: I think that's how the genesis of how I found out about it. Uh, there was a report that was done based on a guy who said, I can't take this. I am <laughs> I see what they're proposing here in this closed meeting of the teachers' union, and they're proposing this language, uh, this resolution number three, the economic equity resolution and one of the teachers just stormed out and said, I can't be a part of this, which is great, right? I mean, it's good that you have a, uh, a teacher who, who focused or, or saw either the incredible ignorance or evil being displayed by some of his representatives at the union and decided he couldn't be a part of it.
1: Well, let's let's talk about what this says, and then I want to rewind a bit and ask why you say it's great news, Okay, <laughs> because that sounded crazy. Yeah. So Here's what the resolution says. CEA believes that capitalism requires exploitation of children, public schools, land, labor, and or resources. Capitalism is in opposition to fully addressing systemic racism, the school-to-prison pipeline, climate change, patriarchy, gender and LGBTQ disparities education inequality and income inequality that is what the final resolution said how is that great news
0: so it's great news that they're being really clear about what they stand for now again i don't think it's fair and as we pointed out earlier that that not all teachers necessarily agree with that that resolution but it the the fact is that underlying most of teacher training and much of what, what goes on in the Colorado classrooms, and my belief is classrooms across the country in government schools, has an implicitly egalitarian and socialist bent. And that comes from Marx. Whether those teachers would acknowledge that or even understand that, that comes from Marx. Marx basically said, you know, from each according to his ability, to each according to his need, need being the standard. And this is what animates this whole idea of an understanding of what capitalism is. Now, it's completely ignorant. It's completely historically inaccurate in terms of capitalism uh, requiring exploitation. Now, exploitation is an interesting word. And we could go into that more detail. But to answer your question, it's good news when people have their cards on the table. When, when you have consistency with regard to people saying, okay, let's communicate. And, and I'm saying, look, capitalism is the only moral system, and it's the best thing that we have ever had in terms of a way to interact with each other on a moral basis. And I say that explicitly. And then you have someone from the CEA or someone from the local Marxist chapter saying, No, capitalism is evil. It's bad. It's better for us to do that rather than to say for, I mean, we've had politicians, especially for the last several decades. I mean, the most recent example or most famous recent example is Elizabeth Warren. Senator Elizabeth Warren comes out and says, I'm for capitalism. Or even uh, President Biden. President Biden recently said, you know, I'm for capitalism, right? And it's better for someone who's against capitalism, with both those politicians who are, which both of them are in my view, it's better for us to have someone who's explicitly saying what they're for or against. And if someone comes out and says, I'm against capitalism, that's progress, because then we know what they stand for. And then parents who are ultimately the the consumers of this government school environment, they can say, well— wait, I thought capitalism was a pretty good thing or I work for a company, a private company, and, and I pay taxes and those taxes go to support this government school system, they might say, I'm conflicted now. I see where the teachers' union have said they're anti-capitalism and then I'm a participant and maybe enthusiastic or maybe I'm with the teachers' union. But you have clarity with regard to the sides. Now, we don't have clarity yet in terms of what capitalism is. I and mean, these people are saying they're against capitalism and they don't even know what it is, in my view.
1: So... Well, like you said, it's good for parents to know, at least those who are in the know, so that they can say, mm, I think I'll take my child to another school or whatever. If they could. Now, that's the, that's well, the other that's part of it. Why, right? That's where I'm going is what if, what if you can't go to another school? Now we're just stuck knowing that we have teachers who belong to this union that believe capitalism is evil. What do we
0: do? <laughs> well, th- that's the thing. It's forewarned might be forearmed, and that's that's one of the things that's going on in our society right now. Is people are waking up. I mean, the the term woke is getting lots of negative, uh, you know, negative press on the right, but but being woken up is not a bad thing. If you, in, in this context, I would say there's a lot of parents, especially during the COVID lockdowns, when they were being told that you know, for the safety of their children, they had to have uh Zoom classroom. Their kids couldn't even go. The teachers were too afraid of being, you know, being subjected to the to the virus or whatever it might be. And more and more pa- parents not only saw that they couldn't have their kids go to school. And in many cases, I, I blame the parents because they're being lazy with regard to what they call an education. They're basically look, looking for babysitting. But even when that standard couldn't be met, what they're saying, look, I can't even. I'm I need to go to work. Still, I need to still produce. And I can't even have someone watch my kid for eight hours in the day and have them be safe. That's not being met. But they're also looking, uh, maybe they were not having to go to work or working from home themselves because of technology and watching the Zoom classroom experience and seeing the crap that was being uh, taught to their children in the name of education. They're waking up. They're saying, wait, this is not what I thought was going on in the classroom. Maybe they couldn't identify it as anti-capitalism, but they could identify it as this is not useful. This is not according to my values. This is not, this is not something that I think is a valuable um, experience for my child. They're not learning to read or write. They're not learning to do arithmetic. They're getting this kind of social engineered uh, curriculum where it's against what I believe. And now they are waking up and saying, okay, maybe I can make a different choice. Now, to our point here, a lot of them couldn't. A lot of them couldn't say, "Well, I can afford to go to a private school, or I don't have school choice in the way of a charter school around my neighborhood." Well, or
1: even if everybody just decided to go to a charter school, they're just you know, there's not enough charter schools to absorb everybody. That's right. right so. That's
0: right. So there is there is this. Uh, I think it's a um, a really interesting time right now in terms of the window of those parents out there who were showing up at board meetings, uh, school board meetings, and saying, "Wait, uh, I, I'm." I'm not happy about the service that I'm paying for through my taxes and I want to express that. You know, whether that energy will continue, whether they'll continue to say, "Wait, we need to have a higher standard with regard to education. We need to have more explicit transparency with regard to what's being taught in the classroom and I sh- and I should be involved as a parent." That's a really healthy good thing. And hopefully some of those parents are actually even more informed than that and can point out the hypocrisy uh, as you and I were talking about before, you know, before going coming on uh, in this recording, we were talking about uh, um, Governor Polis um, and actually making some some really thoughtful statements about that. I, I don't know if you want to share those. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, I think normally we we wag our finger at Governor Polis, but this time I think we'll give him a little tip of the hat, as Stephen Colbert would have once said. Polis comes out after the teachers' union passes this resolution, and he says, "Quote, what a bizarre thing." And and then he says capitalism is the great economic engine, and he says that it that's what creates the prosperity that funds our schools. Yeah, and
0: that's he should absolutely be praised for that. That's that's an exactly correct statement. It isn't it maybe doesn't go far enough in terms of, of talking about uh, the the historical nature of capitalism. But as a, as a governor who's actually making an observation about a union of people who really have an impact on our teachers and and our our children across the state. I think he should be praised for that uh, because it's exactly right. Now, again, that's where you kind of go. Well, are these teachers' union members? Um, are they that ignorant of history? Are they ac- that ignorant of what capitalism actually is? Um, and that's—I that, think—that's a legitimate question. It's unfortunate if they are, but it certainly seems that way. You know, but the question is: Are they? Or do they just don't know or are they are they they know better they know that you know their their entire system is dependent upon tax revenue that is produced by private businesses operating in a semi- free market or do they do they just really want to attack the free market in the first place out of pure evil motivations and that's hard to tell I mean, I think like for the rank and file teacher I'd say it's the former but even so that's that's pretty it's a pretty ugly indictment for them to be that ignorant with regard to the system that has created so much prosperity and so much more opportunity for the the people that they're claiming to care about whether it's in the area of racism or in the area of uh, the climate and the uh, environment, or whether it's in the area of gender disparities. I mean, talk about a contrast. For those people to say that capitalism doesn't allow for people of different different racial makeups or different gender identities, I mean, this is, like, amazing to me. If you go to countries like Iran and, and try to say, okay, how, how are you going to do as a, a gay or transsexual or lesbian person in that society? Versus, you know, the way that you can operate mostly freely. Certainly, there's still some some bias against or misunderstanding against that attitude or that that uh, um, identity in the U.S., but it's just amazing to me that the most capitalist countries, the most free countries, are the ones that actually open up opportunities for the smallest minorities. Now, the smallest minority in any society is truly the individual, and that's what identifies the, the essential nature of a capitalist system, a, a system that actually recognizes and protects the rights of any individual, no matter what color, race, gender, sexual orientation that they are, and that, that's what's not understood by the, the teachers' union. So we're equipped with the
1: knowledge. You've equipped our listeners with the knowledge. But, I mean, again, what are we going to do about this? I, I don't think there's a quick fix. Hopefully this leads to maybe some teachers leaving the Colorado Education Association. It seems to me like that would be a a great result, uh, highly unlikely, but a great result to, to see the downfall of the CEA or something. But I don't think that's going to happen. So what you are know, we going You know, I wonder I do? wonder
0: about that. I think it's kind of early to tell. Um, it, it really will be a sort of a barometer for me as to how bad... The teacher's profession really has gone down that, that uh, path, that ideological path of being anti-freedom, anti-individual, anti-freedom, anti-free markets. If you don't have a, a fair number of teachers who will say, look, I'm not renewing my dues. I, I love the kids. I love the classroom. I want to make a difference in their lives, but I'm not going to be a part of this, this organization that's so misinformed.
1: Well, I, I hope that happens. But, you know, if we're, we're parents out there, I mean, I'm not a parent yet but you know what what do we do you go to your school board and express concern i i don't know that that's always
0: well <laughs> helpful. well one of the things that uh that many people who i agree with uh, believe is that the system is so broken that they need to get their kids out of if, if you are a parent and you care about the education of your child you need to be really good about i called it inoculation with my own children i did my best to to provide an alternative and make sure i was involved in their their schooling, and they knew they knew how important it was to me. I, I believe they knew that education was a high value, and so I wanted to be involved. And you know, I, I'm not an expert in any sub, in, in necessarily every subject matter that I would expect my kids to learn about in school. But I was there and making sure I was part of it now. And I also did a number of alternative uh, schools to the public government schools that are provided. But if a person can't do that, they need to they need to be educating themselves. The only way you can monitor the education and the quality of what's being taught to your own child is to have some sense of what is good and not good education, and and that's unfortunately it's a cycle, right? You got parents who've been brought up in this school system that mostly have felt good about. I mean, they they felt good about it from a social standpoint. They've you know they were cheerleaders or like in my own case, a tennis player, or a basketball player, or, you know. Friday night lights, football player or whatever, and they they had that good experience of being in schools, but not really equipped to say, you know, what was the value or what was the quality of education I got? Now, it's becoming so miserable and such an explicit failure. I mean, I, I can't remember even the stats, but if you go to any big city, and unfortunately this is partly the problem is you you get the people who are uh, sometimes the people who are at the lowest rung of the socioeconomic system suffer the most. But if you go to any big city in America, it, the, the level that people are reading at, the kids are even reading at is just dismal. I mean, you've got I think Baltimore was like 20% of the kids can read at grade level in the whole system. I heard a bizarre statistic in in one segment of Chicago. Not one kid in like 10 schools could even read at grade level. And that is waking people up. That is waking parents up. Now, again, what should you do? I mean, it is trying to empower the the people in the system who really do care about kids and who do have an understanding. That means if you get someone who says, no, this is wrong, I'm getting out of the the union because of this, then you should be supporting them. I I saw a quote from a Woodland Park... uh, school board uh, vice president who who stood up in a meeting and said, the mask is coming off in Colorado. The, the union thinks that they're too big to fail now. They don't think they have to hide their anti-American, radical political agenda any longer, and they're determined to push it not just on the government and the people, but on their kids themselves. and And I think that's the kind of thing that you no, know, he's showing leadership in my mind by identifying the problem. Now, there's a lot more to solving a problem than just identifying it. People have to understand what capitalism is. They need to pursue it. They need to pursue what a good quality education would mean, and having a better understanding of the system that we really have. I mean, we have had a a long history, I would call it even a hundred year battle of the collectivists, not infiltrating. Uh, they just had a high, they placed a higher value on education. They knew that the way to change society was to change the root ideas. And it, another quote, another interesting point from, from the CEA themselves, um, the director of communication from the Colorado Education Association, her name is Lauren Stevenson. When when she heard some pushback on this, she said, hey, look, the resolution isn't to be actionable. It's just to, re- to reflect the, the views of the union's 39,000 members. And now, once again, hopefully all 39,000 members don't agree with this, but This is, again, an ignorance. I mean, she's not realizing that ideas matter. Just like elections matter, ideas themselves matter. And if someone says, here is an explicit resolution of what we stand for, very much implicitly and explicitly, teachers who buy into that will incorporate that into their lesson plans, into their curriculum. Schools will actually act act on that. They will say, Capitalism is bad, so we need to fight it. We need to tell children it's bad. We need to tell them all the ways that it's bad. Obviously, using misinformation, not understanding you know the history of it and the morality of it. But ideas have consequences, and this proposal on the CEA again, in one sense, is very good news because it's explicit. They're they're as uh, the Woodland Park uh, School Board member said, there the mask has come off. We now see see what it is. We're seeing the educational ideology for what it is. So if you are a parent, what
1: options are there in the community? Are there, are there any movements out there to set up schools that
0: are more classically oriented? There's some fantastic schools uh, that are more classically oriented, and there's actually some innovation going on in schools. And, and I would say that people who pursue it, you can Google what are the best schools in my area? What are the charter schools in my area? Not that charter schools are always great because all that means is that parents are now in charge and parents maybe have been you know, a part of the problem. I yeah. shouldn't say maybe, they have. I mean, parents have not been involved enough in their kids' education. They've passively gone about thinking, well, okay, the government's uh, supposed to help everyone get a free education, and even if I have the resources, I'm going to take advantage of that, and I'll just let, I'll let my role as a parent be usurped by the school system. Right. And they've gladly taken over more and more of that role in terms of the direction of the child's life. Um, so the parents are to blame, and they need to wake up themselves. But there are lots of options that are coming online, and there are... Uh, lots of good legislative um, actions that are happening around the country. This hasn't really hit Colorado yet. Um, we, we actually have, for a long time, had some more freedom in the way of uh, open enrollment in our school system than lots of other states. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, going back to to Paulus again, I'm I mean, gonna I sound like a fan of his, but. But you know he has made noises about saying he's first first school choice for these, that he believes that the market should have a bigger impact in terms of allowing people to make choices and and having various kinds of schools that are that are uh, offered to the public and and so there is more of a movement there, but one of the biggest things that's happening in the legislatures across the country, uh, and we've had Corey DeAngelis on this podcast before. he's a leader in the in the school choice movement, and he's he ends up lobbying state legislatures to say, wait, let's just allow the dollars to follow the child. Let's have a little bit of a market mechanism here so the parents have more control. Um, you know, you're going to spend, as a state legislature, you're going to a- allocate a certain amount of money per pupil equivalent dollars to be spent. Why not just give the parents more control over that? Why not just, instead of having the dollars be set up to, to support systems, is the way he phrases it. Have the the dollars set up to support students, support education, so the dollars following the student is a, a a huge, huge legislative battle right now, and that's a really healthy thing. If if you can have more and more parents vote with their with the dollars, and now again, I'm I'm for truly a market mechanism, and there's going to be all kinds of other challenges, but if you move more toward choice, more toward school choice, you're going to have a much better system because those. Those schools that are their abject failures cannot—they won't get the funding. They won't—the dollars won't follow the kids, and the parents will start to say, "I'm pulling my kid out of this this failing school where they're not teaching them how to read, or you know, they can't do math at grade level. So I'm going to pull my kids somewhere else, and that uh, new place will get another shot, and and that competition will improve the overall quality." Well, it sounds like we've got our work cut out for us. We do. And and, and this is a long time coming. As I mentioned, uh, the progressive movement, progressive education has produced progressive ideology, and those are reinforcing, self-reinforcing. And those are both anti-individual, anti-American, in my view, and anti-market, anti-capitalism, and and truly anti-freedom. Uh, but the, the good news is, and, and I, I said this off the bat, that uh, you know when we when, when the mask is coming off, when we see the clarity there, then it can't help but be better for th- those of us who are on the right side. In fact, I'd like to quote Ayn Rand. She has basically three rules that she talks about with regard to how people interact with each other. and And she says, rule number one is, in any conflict between two men or two groups who hold the same basic principles— it's the more consistent one who wins. And any collaboration between two groups who hold different basic principles, it's the more evil or irrational ones who wins. And so that's what's been happening. The people who are for freedom and the American way have been basically collaborating, compromising, telling them, yeah, okay, we're fine with a government force and you know, as long as you get some decent educational result. But third, when people of the opposite basic principles are clearly and openly defined... When you have these opposite basic fundamental ideas that are clearly and openly defined, it works to the advantage of the rational side. When they're not clearly defined, but are hidden or evaded or in the dark of night, it works to the advantage of the irrational side. And we're claiming uh, that capitalism is based on reason. Capitalism is based on individual rights, the proper role of government, having engaged citizens who understand what freedom is about. And that's the more rational side. And so we should celebrate this, the, that the CEA is now coming out and being explicitly what they stand for and therefore we can fight that much easier. I'll take your word for it. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of Capital Idea. This is Mike Williams and I've, as always, been very happy to have Mitch Witas in studio joining me on this one. Uh, Let us know what you think. Go out there and defend rational education. If you have any courageous teachers out there who are bucking the trend, at least in Colorado, reward them, praise them, Lift them up. Give them uh, praise and encourage that courage. And let us know what you think of this episode. We'll be talking to you soon.